0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up, Shoeslaw! On this Thursday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only Tim Ring filling in for Gambo today. Tim Ring's already gotten plenty of airtime as it is. I hope he's got enough gas left in the tank for us today.
1: It's a marathon
0: Thursday, Burns. Come on, not gonna lie to you. Rest those vocal cords. Not one but two Dunkin' Donut bottled coffee drinks out of the vending machine in the break room awaiting you. Eighty grams of sugar we're gonna pump into your veins today, my friend. It's eighty-two grams of sugar, <laughs> by the way. By the way, one one bottle has forty-one grams
1: of sugar. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I. Did I didn't realize that until I had like seven of them <laughs> over the past <laughs> 10 days. Uh, I had a good morning, though. Yeah. Hosted the inaugural, first time they've ever done this, real quick, Fiestable Media Day. It was a live stream television show. Max Stark, Sarah Kazell, and I uh, put on a, an hour and 15 minute show for TCU in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then an hour and 15 minute show for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and J.J. McCarthy and all those guys uh, at 1145 until one o'clock and streamed all over the world, millions of
0: viewers. Millions of viewers, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, I'm sure all of those Michigan fans who were not able to make the journey, who who couldn't be, I, I imagine they were, this is a national
1: semifinal hey, this, game. Is a national this is a national semifinal. big semi- old deal coming up this, on Saturday. This is a big old deal. There were more media there, uh, obviously, than a regular Fiesta Bowl. Of course, national media, I think 500 credentials, international media on hand, descended upon the Valley to cover this one. So uh, I was at the Fiesta Bowl real quick last year, Bernsey, and I think there was some residue of COVID still, uh, because there. Were a few empty seats for for Oklahoma State Notre Dame. There aren't going to be any empty seats for this one. Yeah, Michigan's going to travel, and believe me, TCU will travel. Yeah, they will be here for the frogs. Looking forward to it. Re- really look It's it's you know
0: it's still get used to the New Year's Eve thing. And I understand schedule wise, right? That it, that's unavoidable. It's the there have been a couple of years where we've had these semifinal games on New
1: Year's Eve. It, it takes a little getting used to, but it's all right. Here's why this year is different and better because New Year's Eve. Is actually on a Saturday. Yes, that helps. The problem is in the past when they have the games on New Year's Eve and it's on a weekday. What the college football people found out is New Year's Eve is not a holiday for a lot of people. Yeah, people work. Mm-hmm. So when you have a semifinal game kicking off at two o'clock in the middle of the afternoon on a work day in markets two and markets five. Yep. and our market market ten. That's no good. Yeah, Makes and have tough. people in L.A. and San Francisco in the office. And I know a lot of people take off New Year's Eve. But not everybody but not does. But not everybody does,
0: yeah. Anyway, start yeah. the show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're... The, the Way In. <laughs> Brought to you by Revitalize we Weight Loss. Start the show.
0: Into the hands of Anthony Gill. The final five seconds here at Capital One Arena will tick off the clock. And the Wizards will win it. Final score,
1: 127-102. Washington sweeps the season series.
0: Got a text from my good friend in and co-host Tim Ring last night. He said, well, I almost got my 80 combined points out of Chris Paul, Mikkel Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton. It was 68, technically. They were heading
1: there. They were, they they were got, pacing there, yeah. Before they got pulled out. Yeah, and they got worked
0: last night. It could, 68 combined points out of those three. You lost by 25 on the road to the Washington Wizards last night. Man. Rough follow-up effort after that big win against Memphis two yeah. nights ago.
1: It, it's crazy, Bernsey, because in case you're wondering what That was in reference to, prior to the Grizzlies game the other night, I thought to myself, well, if they're going to upset the Grizzlies, a team that just whooped them four days earlier, I think I think Bridges, Aiton, and Chris Paul are going to have to combine for a massive scoring night. The three of them maybe have to hit that 80-point mark. Well, they don't come close to 80 points, and they whip the Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. Then last night, they come relatively close to the 80-point mark. And they get whipped by a bad Wizards team playing without Bradley Beal. Yep,
0: yeah, on, on the second camp. night of a back Both teams on the second night of a back-to-back. I know the yeah. Suns were the road team. I, I'm only going to go so far and to use that as any kind of an excuse for anything. But yeah, on the second night of a back-to-back for both nights, without their best player, the Wizards just... There was a moment in that game in the third quarter, and we'll talk specifically about Chris a little bit later in the show, okay. where Chris Paul almost single-handedly willed them back into that game in the third. They were only down, what, one? Or they were down one, and they were down two. Near the end of the third quarter, then then Washington goes on this like eighteen to four run where the Suns turned it over four or five times, and that was it. That was the game right there. But they they were able to, despite being down nineteen at one point in the first half, they were down one midway through the third quarter in that game because Chris Paul had scored or assisted on like twenty of their twenty four points up until that point,
1: but then it all fell apart after that. What suffers on a second night of a back to back right effort, yes, energy, yep. and when you don't have effort and energy. Uh, how does that manifest itself defensively Re- it defeats defensively and rebounding yep. and then the 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 wizards by quarter look at their scoring i mean 36 28 29 34 they were they were outscored in the paint the suns were 60 to 28 wizards shot almost 60% from the field and the suns were out rebounded in the game, forty-six to thirty. So that's the residue of a back-to-back, but that's not an excuse. No, it can't be. I think the it big. You no, know, listen. You play. You play a team like the Wizards, who are not very good, playing without Bradley Beal, who's an All-Star caliber player. You know, that's a game that if you don't win it, you certainly should be competitive. And for the most part, the Suns were not. And I think in, in the wake of the Devin Booker injury. As we were kind of talking about in the pre-show meeting, the Suns are going to kind of be that box of chocolates team now for about six weeks. You just don't know what you're going to get on a given night. And they've got to find a way, you know, to cobble together some some victories here. And, and they've kind of, given the opponent last night, I thought they let one get away that they could have stacked in the win column. I thought
0: so, too. I thought when they got back in that game in the third quarter, I thought... Okay th- this is they're going to reestablish themselves a little bit in this game yeah they got punched in the mouth in the first half they're going to reestablish themselves in this game and if not steal one they they're going to they're going to take care of business against the team that they should take care of business against especially one that just beat them 10 days ago on their home floor and and they just couldn't withstand what and that you you hit on it exactly i mean you know Mikel and deandre and chris they can combine for 68 points they can combine Combined for eighty points. Defensively, that's what won them the game against Memphis. That's what lost them the game last night against Washington. And if they're gonna survive this bookerless era here for the next month or so, the the the, the Booker recovery plan or however you phrased yeah, it go, yesterday. Go five
1: hundred the, in these the, next twenty four the, games. The Booker yeah.
0: survival guide that Tim Ring authored yesterday. If you're gonna go five hundred in your next twenty, twenty five games, however long it takes to get him back, you're it, it's, it matters that Chris is scoring, it matters that Mikel is scoring, but it probably matters more than anything that you're playing with a high level of energy defensively, and last night, it was not even close to what it needed to be. Well, not even close.
1: Well, Bernsie, their manhood was challenged by the Grizzlies and what they did at Footprint four days earlier. They yep. were dancing around and John Moran's comments. So, Torrey Craig and those guys took it personally, and they came out and they took it to Memphis. But, aside from the attitude the Suns had, listen, they just got over-offensive production over the norm from the likes of Dwayne Washington and Josh Akogi and Torrey Craig. And the reality is, the more those guys play, they're going to regress to their means. And you're going to have nights like last night when Torrey Craig scores five, and Akogi scores three, and Dwayne Washington scores ten. You ain't getting 26 out of Dwayne Washington doing a Steph Curry imitation no. each and every night. So that's the problem this current... You know, indoctrination of the Suns team has. Yeah, you're going to rely on these guys to score, and some nights they have it in them. And nights like last night, they don't. That's just not the players they are. Torrey Craig and Okogie and Dwayne Washington and Biz—they're just not those guys that can go out there and get you 15 to 17 every night. Yeah. It's not going to happen.
0: Monty after the game on it being a tough second night of a back-to-back, but again, not using that as any kind of excuse for why they lost. This is always a tough back-to-back. If you
1: lose an hour and then you land at Dallas, you know you're probably going to get in your room three thirty, four 4 o'clock. And so our guys, you know, they, they probably felt it tonight.
0: But look, they beat us. They had a back to back. They were missing Beal. Um, they attacked us. Uh, the closeouts tonight weren't great, and it um, was in that third quarter and beginning of the fourth. It was just one closeout after another, and they were getting to the rim. So that that probably hurt us more than anything. Um, but to your point, yeah, it's a tough back to back. But a lot of teams deal with that. And you talked about the Suns finding motivation in Memphis and what they did to them a few nights before. Christmas, I couldn't help but to watch that game and wonder if Rui Hachimura had a little. Oh, really? Oh, you don't want me? Oh, you don't want me?
1: Oh, you don't want me? Oh, you
0: don't want me? Do you? Okay, fine. Let me drop, let me drop thirty in your lap. Uh, I'll give you a career high. Coming off the, let me outscore your own bench. Me, just me by myself. I'm gonna outscore your entire bench. How you like me now? How Mara? you like me now? My name is Rui Hachimura. Put some respect on my name, huh? <laughs> that doesn't mean the Suns should want Rui Hachimura. I just thought, I was watching him thinking, wow, this is the guy the Suns didn't want, huh? He looks pretty good. Looks like he's getting it done, you know? But I understand the Suns are looking for a bigger splash,
1: and at some point we'll see what they do when it comes to that. But final thought, though. Yeah. Going go into that two-game stretch, if someone were to tell you, would you be happy with the split? I'd be happy with the split. I'd be happy with the split. I would have thought it would have gone the, the other, other way. Yeah, but I'll take a split. And now with Toronto, New York, and Cleveland, don't get swept. Get one of those three. Two would be fantastic. Two would be fantastic. Two would be fantastic. Would be fantastic but in, in, in the in the in the in the the Booker plan, you got to get one here. Then you find one some, of those three. Then you find a place to get another one to kind of, you know, get yourself back up to the four, the 500 mark without Devin Booker so far.
0: When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, it's Tim Ring filling in. Quotes with the first pick of the NFL Drafts, The Arizona Cardinals. Wait, wait, what? Eh, let's dream a little dream next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
1: Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Happy Thursday see you out there. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Burns and Gambo Show, live from the Auction Community Studios as the Cardinals' preparations well underway. Vance Joseph meeting with the media today, Cardinals' defensive coordinator. Two games left at the Atlanta Falcons Sunday morning and then at the San Francisco 49ers next weekend to close out the season. They haven't determined what day that game is going to be yet. At least I don't think they've officially made that announcement. It could be Saturday. could be Sunday. And then... We wait to see what happens. Black Monday, how sweeping are the changes, things like
1: that, right? Did you see Hard Knocks last night? I know you were celebrating Christmas. Have you seen it yet? No. It's okay if you haven't. I, I, I missed it. Okay. I,
0: to be I, I we were my Son, his fiance, Yeah. It's so okay. we, we did Christmas last it's, night. It's We're okay. Yeah. It's
1: okay. You didn't see it. Thank you. Okay. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not, I know. It's not your fault. <laughs> don't do this to me, Tim. Not you. You're Robin Williams. It's <laughs> my, my will hunting. It's not your fault. All right. Don't cry, Dave. <laughs> I only bring it up because there was a very poignant scene in the locker room after the Buccaneers game. I saw a screenshot of so it. So you, you saw the screen? social media. Okay, what's interesting about the screenshot is it told the entire story. There were no words said in that scene. It was just Mike and Cliff. And boy, if a picture ever told a thousand words. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what had been just said. I don't know if Cliff was talking to Michael or Michael was doing all the talking. I don't know what the context of the conversation was. Probably just about what the heck happened out there after another brutal, tough loss. But the look on Michael's face—well, you saw the screen grab, so yeah, yeah. so now you you can you can chime in. The, the look on Michael's face and the look on Cliff's face—I mean, it was gut wrenching. I mean, Cliff had his head head down and was just kind of rubbing his face, and I, I mean, it just it it, it was—I mean, I hate to say it, it was almost it was sad. Yeah. It was, it was it was it was rough. I mean, and, I, and I'm trying to connect the dots going off of what you just said about we don't know what's going to happen on January 9th. Looking at that, well, video, I, 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 my God, Dave, I, 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 I think the end is near. I, okay, that's where I'm okay. going
0: with that. I, I think, I, I think we know what's going to happen on January ninth. We just so, don't.
1: We so just, I don't, I don't know though. I mean, I, but, well, okay, but, I but, think but, so, but, but
0: but that's the thing is that I, I think we know. Like I, I sort of feel like the conclusion has been reached. There's not much else to discuss. We, we, but do we know for sure? Gamble and I have this running bit where would you bet a coffee? Would you bet a lunch? Would you bet a car payment? Would you bet a mortgage payment? What of those things would I be willing to bet that I know for absolute certainty what is going to happen on January 9th? A mortgage payment? Would I bet a mortgage payment that I know for sure what's going to happen on January 9th? I'd bet a coffee. I'd bet a lunch. I. Probably bet a car payment. I might go Probably. car. Payment. Probably
1: wouldn't go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go mortgage. mortgage. I, I mean, wouldn't bet a mortgage. I mean, even in the very damning article written by Winefuss and Fowler, uh-huh. it was written in the article. Sources told them they could see a path where Mike Bidwell retains Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, because of the instability in the front office and the rash of injuries he's had to endure this season. All
0: right, so let me bring up this other hypothetical. There was a story today on Uh, ESPN.com Editor's note, highly analytical very, very predictive. Football power index, crunching a lot of numbers, using a supercomputer running a whole bunch of simulations of the rest of the season. Why ESPN.com and their infinite wisdom shows this particular simulation to write about, I don't know other than it kind of paints a picture of the chalkiest playoff outcome, right? Like the team we expect to be the number one seed being it, the number two seed being it. So they they wrote about this particular simulation. Of all the simulations they run with their computer, this is the simulation they decided to write about. Interestingly enough, it was the simulation that had the Arizona Cardinals with the number one pick in the NFL draft. Oh, really? Oh, really. Now, that's not going to be easy to get to. According to their calculations, Arizona has about a 2% chance to have the number one overall selection. Yeah, who are the Texans beating? It would require the Texans to win twice, the Bears win twice, the Broncos would have to win once. How is that chalky? Well, no, it's chalky for everybody else. It's it's chalky for like the Bills and the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Cowboys. I got you. It's chalky for the top of the equation, not for the bottom of the equation. I got you. So this particular simulation, again, we could have picked another simulation and it would have told a different story. Had the Bears beating the Lions this week. Had the Texans beating the Jags this week. Had the Falcons beating the Cards this week. Then in next week... It's got the Broncos beating the Chargers, the Texans beating the Colts, the Bears beating the Vikings, and the Cardinals losing to the Seahawks, or losing to the the 49ers, and voila, you got the number one pick. Now, will any of that stuff happen? I don't know. I mean, I look at it individually. Okay, the Jaguars? Their season is going to come down to that season finale against Tennessee. Tennessee's resting everybody tonight. They're not playing a soul because they know the only game that matters for them is when they play Jacksonville next week. Uh, so the Texans are playing them. Could they beat them? Maybe the Bears beating the Lions. Have the Lions given up on their season? I don't know. They're still a playoff team. I, it doesn't seem like they should. It's a okay. It's a long shot. It's a long shot. What would the Cardinals do if they got it? What would the what would the purely hype? Because they're probably not going to get it. Because there's just so many moving
1: parts. What would the Cardinals do if they got it? They're not going to draft a quarterback, obviously. Really? So could they... I would trade down to a team that desperately wants a quarterback. But the tricky part of that is... The team that you be trading down with knows that you're not going to take a quarterback. You don't want to drop down too far where it hurts the quality of your potential player. Right. Unless you get a haul where you're like, okay, we're going to, you get the 10th pick, but you also get an additional first rounder next year and a second rounder this year and a second rounder next year. Then it makes dropping down significantly in this year's draft mm-hmm. worth it. Mm-hmm. But if it's just a pick swap and you're dropping down to, Three or four. Well, you'd still get other goodies other than just a, moving down a couple spots, you'd right? Get not as many. Not as many, depending goodies. on how far you're going to fall down, right? Right. Um, I, but but you can't say like, well, we're going to take Bryce Young if you don't deal up for him. No. Yeah, you, so you. But what you'd have to do is you'd have to play teams that need quarterbacks against against each each other
0: other. because nobody you're right no one's ever going to buy that you're going to take bryce young but what you're going to have to do is is say hey i got houston on line one i've got atlanta on line four i've got carolina on line five make Uh, us the best make us your best deal make us make us an offer because we don't want to far fall too far in in all this because the carrot in all of this too and i don't think they i don't know if they would do this Will Anderson, like, is is in some ways the answer to all of your prayers, right? An elite
1: edge rusher who's just sitting there that's a young guy that you can have under contract forever and ever, right? That's the guy I want them to come out of the draft with. So if you could somehow... I mean, we're talking about Dreaming is free now, getting the number one pick. But Mm -hmm. since that's what we're talking about, if they were to end up with the number one pick, if you could somehow... Drop down with a quarterback needy team, playing them off against each other, but you only drop down to two or three, pick up an additional second or third rounder this year or next year, still walk away with Will Anderson, the guy you wanted all along. And an extra pick. And an extra pick, either this year or next year. Well, I mean, so I mean that's Houston
0: would be the ideal team to do that with, right? because i mean everyone's penciling them in as at number 1 and everyone's penciling them taking Bryce Young if they if 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 the cardinals were able to end up with the number 1 pick and Houston were at number 2 it seems to me that's that's your dance partner right there
1: right the problem is if like, if the bears are at 3 you can't have a bidding war with the bears because they'll have no interest in a quarterback right so there's it's going to be it's going to be dependent on who else, who else. But but once you
0: fall past three, you're not getting Will Anderson. That's the problem. You know. So if somebody, if the team, you was, need almost two quarterback needy teams behind you at, at two, two and three. three. Yes. To play that game right. a little you need, bit, you
1: got to get the Bears out of there.
0: You yeah. need two quarterback needy teams at two and three. Look, so it's got to break right. Now maybe there's another scenario if we ran, if we had ESPN supercomputer here where the Cardinals end up with the number two pick, you wouldn't get the extra inventory, but you're going to get Will Anderson. If you wanted, now you could still trade down if you wanted to for another quarterback needy team that wanted to move up to get C.J. Stroud or, or whomever else. But that's where the temptation of okay, we're going to get all these extra picks, or we're going to get the young edge rusher that we've coveted. For so long, we can barely remember when. And we're going to get that guy, and we're going to have him under a five-year contract, and hopefully he's elite, and he's great, and we'll re-sign him to another mega-million contract after his fourth year. Do you pass on all of that
1: for the benefit of extra picks? Yeah. I don't know. If you're the Cardinals, you you, you want to come out of this draft with either Anderson or Carter. Come hell or high water. Unless you unless you get an offer you can't refuse. That is such a haul that yeah maybe you end up dropping down to seven eight nine, but you get multiple first round picks or you get an additional first round pick, but you get multiple second round picks. Like yeah. in other words, you so you find some team to do with you that 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 did for San Francisco or San Francisco did to move up to get Trey Lance. Like John Lynch gave a hall yeah, to move up to get Trey Lance. Find somebody willing to do that, then you could think about maybe dropping down a little bit farther that takes you out of Anderson and Carter, but big picture-wise, you're doing a whole lot better. It's quite the hypothetical.
0: Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. So without Devin Booker, the Phoenix Suns really need their first ballot Hall of Famer, all NBA guy from just a year ago to return to form. Did we see that form last night at a Chris Paul? That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. Ringer filling in. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Now we got Eric here with us with today's Twitter poll question of the day. Coming off of our very, very hypothetical, very hypothetical, probably unattainable.
1: No, no, no. You reported it. The cards are going to have the first round, first pick in the Freaking draft. Breaking news. My news are
0: telling me uh, the Arizona. <laughs> no, no. Can you remind me how hypothetical it was, by the way? Very, 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 very hypothetical. Very hypothetical. We're
1: allowed to have some
0: fun. Well yeah, we are. Four you know, we're in eleven. Two weeks left. Come on. Seriously, I, I agree. You know what? I mean. We no,
1: deserve to talk
0: about being number one.
1: Nobody, nobody's working
0: this week anyway. I mean, we might as well just let it go. Have some fun. Have the extra piece of pie. Everybody's have, half drunk right
1: now anyway. Have the extra cocktail. Why not? Nobody, no one's working anyway. Nobody knows, nobody knows what day it is. They don't know where they're going. Like, like, like that scene from Major League. You
0: can't say that on the air. Ah, no one's listening anyway. <laughs> I hope people are listening. I assume they are. So we're just having some fun. They're going to tune in for this extreme hypothetical. Or they're going to hear, yes. oh my gosh, they're talking talking about if the Arizona Cardinals landed the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft, what are you guys going to do with it? You've got two options. Take the best available player or would you trade down and replenish your assets? If those are my only two options I'm trading down. You, I, I don't think you can... You don't want to use the number one pick? Day at number, you can, but given that there are so many teams who are going to be beating a path to your door to get that pick, you'd ultimately have to trade it.
1: You you trade down you you may not get the haul that you want but you'll get something. Yeah. Oh, you'll yeah. I mean, if if, if Houston's right behind you at two, let's say and they want Bryce Young, you simply call up Houston and say, hey, I'm telling you right now that we're about to trade this pick to Seattle. So you better give us something to move up. Yeah. You lie. Of course. You lie. i
0: trade down. I mean, I can see, to your point, I can see, hey, if you think Will Anderson is a generational pass rusher, screw it. Just stay here and take him. You could do that. I just think someone's going to make you an offer where you're like, we can't not do that. I just, I I assume that deal is going to happen if you're number one, so. This one's running about 60-40. You guys want to guess which way? 60-40, well, because you're. Being all secretive about it, I'm guessing it's sixty forty, keep it.
1: Nothing ring? Uh no. Go ahead. Give me the Okay, answer. fair
0: enough. Well, it's actually the opposite way. I just okay. wanted you guys to guess. Sixty point nine percent say trade it away. Yeah, the Cardinals, are smart. Need, Cardinals need more than just one player. Trade down. 39.1% say take the best available guy. You've so, got the number one pick. The way you set that up made me think that I'd be surprised by it. I'm not surprised at all. No,
1: but, I mean, you trade down and still get your guy. Like you trade to you trade to number two, yeah. maybe, or number
0: three. Yeah, you get, get your get Will Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the poll question. You can find it on the burn and gamble twitter page yeah we're delving in hypotheticals you know what we just don't care on this thursday afternoon bridges at the top of the key he dribbles between the rings and gives to lee right side step back three on the way and no good off the back rim but right to da gives to paul wide open three and he got it chris paul knocks down another trifecta his third of the night he's got 19 points and the sun's back down within 10. you see what happened in last night's game they lost But did you see what happened in the third quarter last night's game? That looked like Chris Paul. That looked like Chris Paul last night. It's like, whoa, hey, wait, there's Chris Paul. Twenty-four straight points where he either scored or assisted. I know it's a really, really thin slice, but I'm watching that game last night, and I'm thinking of you, I'm thinking of Tim Ring, because I'm thinking that Tim Ring has been telling me he's going to be fine, he's going to be fine, he's going to be okay. If, he's,
1: if, unless he's, he gets hurt
0: again, I mean, well, yeah, yeah, I mean that goes without saying, but, right. but but it needs to be said anyway. If something catastrophic happens, then he's not going to be fine.
1: But I mean, if he if he twists an ankle, I don't want to, uh, Tim Ring's an idiot. Look, he's hurt again. Well, that's people love to do that. They do. Have you been on Twitter lately? Yeah, I try. I try <laughs> to ignore that oh, part of Twitter. You said he'd be fine. Look, I, he's hurt again. I, I, he's too old. I
0: try to ignore that part of Twitter. I, I usually do a pretty good job of it. Was last night. A sliver of what we're looking for out of Chris to make us feel like he's going to be okay. I know it's not enough to build a case. I know it's not enough to make an arrest, all right? But if I'm looking to build some evidence here that Chris Paul is going to be okay, can I use last night's game as some
1: evidence? I think you can use pretty much the last three or four games. I think even going back to that game against the Clippers where he actually didn't knock down a shot, uh, as many shots as he would have liked, but he took a lot of threes. And that was the first sign to me, okay, uh, Chris Paul's starting to come out of it. Like he's pulling the trigger on three point shot attempts. And Chris talked about it after the game. He goes, You know, I'm just, I'm not used to pulling the trigger uh, when the ball swings around to me. And I, I have to get used to doing that again. Look, Chris Paul began the season. Uh, you know i 've said this multiple times on these airwaves I, I think at chris paul 's age uh, being a family guy with kids, I, I think Chris Paul viewed the early point uh, early part, I should say of the season as his opportunity to play himself into shape uh, i don 't think Chris Paul spent the summer as a, as a gym rat as a guy who lived in the weight room, uh, you know as a guy who was up at four thirty in the morning being in the best possible physical shape possible when the NBA season began. I Mm -hmm. just think he's got other priorities as an older guy now at this stage of his life. So I think he came into the NBA season saying, okay, I'm going to use November and December to get back into shape, which is fine. He wasn't shooting the ball a lot. Um, I think he looked a little heavier uh, in preseason when the early parts of the season began, which is fine. No no problem. That's how he wanted to do it. No big deal. Then he got hurt. He missed a month. So now he's playing himself back into shape again, and I'm telling you, man, when you when you are a shooter and you are a guard, man, you need minutes and you need rhythm. That game's got to come to you. That flow's got to come to you. And it takes time, and you can't just flip the switch, you, 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 especially at that age. Yeah, and, and and it's gonna it's gonna be a matter of getting minutes, getting reps, playing in games, getting comfortable with your shot, the willingness to take the shot, pull the trigger on a three. I mean, remember early in the season he'd had open threes and he would just he'd either pass it off or he'd take it to the basket and try to pass it off again or maybe shoot a little floater. But the more he plays, if he can stay healthy again and get his legs back and get his rhythm back and get his win back, he is gonna be a factor again when it comes to putting the ball in the basket. I can promise you that. Is he gonna be first second team all NBA Chris Paul? Probably not. Is he gonna be good enough to team up with Devin Booker down the stretch to help this team? Make a playoff run. I think he will be, but they still need more help. Oh, don't, they need more. They, don't kid yourself. But will Chris Paul be a factor again as a scorer? Yeah. yes, he will. But, but that's but that's part of the. That I
0: think that's part of the evaluation for James Jones. And we had James on the show yesterday. And I, I think part of the evaluation is is. If I'm going to sacrifice future first-round picks in the name of going for it this year, I need to know that Chris Paul is back, right? I need to know that the better version of Chris Paul is back. Maybe not the all-NBA third-teamer that he was a year ago, but I need to know that the version that I can win a lot of games with is back because then I can say to myself, okay— this is worth giving up a future first for. This is worth giving up a couple of future first for. You, you've you're kind of in the blind right now if you're James Jones a little bit in the sense that you're not going to have Devin Booker for a month. You're still a couple weeks away. It sounds like from having Cam Johnson back. You really don't know what version of your team you've got. And for you to make a deal for a Kuzma type or maybe somebody even a little bit better, it's going to require you sacrificing major long term future assets. And and you kind of kind of know yeah. whether, is this season worth that or not? And Chris Paul is a really big part of that equation. He's a really big part of, is this season worth it or not? Chris Paul is maybe the most important
1: part of the answer to that question for James Jones, I would say. A championship window, if it remains open, has to include Chris Paul playing at a high level. If he's not, then I don't see how that window is open, whether you have Kyle Kuzma here or not. And I guess I look at it this way. If Chris Paul's not the player he was even last year, he he may not be, but you can't make that determination right now in late December. You have to let him play more, play back into shape. Again, get that rhythm back, get that lather back, get that flow back, get his legs back, get his shot back. If after six, seven, eight, nine weeks, like if if it's in late February and Chris Paul is still kind of, Mucking around out there, and Mm -hmm. you're kind of watching a guy that doesn't look like the old Chris Paul. Then maybe you say, "Okay, this is not this is not the guy." Like Father Time is caught up. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Father Time is caught up. But you can't make that determination now because he hasn't played enough basketball yet this season.
0: I just I looked at his numbers since he came back from the injury. Twelve games that he's played. They're very Chris Paul like looking numbers. 15.5 15.5 points per game uh, 8.5 assists per game 2.5 turnovers per game that might be a little high shooting 43% from distance in those 12 games right now, that's, that's strengthened by the fact that he's gone 7 of his last 11 in his last 2 games that he's played but it's a Chris Paul-ish looking stat line for him in the 12 games since he's been back and maybe just getting better
1: I think he looks better shooting the ball I think he looks better physically I, I just think he's getting better and yeah. better and Again, if you can avoid the nagging injury, the heel, the ankle, the hammy, whatever, the shoulder, the hand, the you know it's yes, like, always you know, the hand there's thing. There's always in, some, right? just ignore that. So, not not not. If anything, just because he he needs to stay on the court, yeah, to to accomplish to get that rhythm, to yes, get that 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 flow ac- you're talking accomplish about, accomplish the right. things that I'm talking about. He's got to play.
0: With the likelihood increasing that the Raiders will be quarterback shopping this offseason, who could be at the top of their list is a reunion of sorts in the works. That's coming up next. Tim rang in for Gambo on the Burns and Gambo Show.
1: Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona sports.
0: The local sports leader. Happy Thursday to see you out there. Hope everyone's enjoying the week in between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, we'll be back full, full edition of Burns and Gambo tomorrow, though. You'll catch Tim on
1: the morning show, filling in for Vince tomorrow morning. I will be on the morning show tomorrow, that's right. And the morning show all next week as well. You can't get rid of me. What time does that alarm go off? For the morning show, uh-huh. 4 o'clock. Oh boy. Hot dog. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, just, but it's always a pleasure I, I hope the vending
0: machine in the break area is properly stocked with your 41 grams of sugar dunkin donuts bottled coffee i, I think i just going to go to the real dunkin donuts <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. on the way in probably Forget the vending machine uh, Dunkin' yeah, Donuts. I, w- I would imagine so so yesterday the nfl the big story was um Derek Carr, boy, not only told he totally wasn't going to start, he was sent home. They don't want him being a distraction. They're, they're very obviously that he's not going to play. They do not right. want to run the risk of Derek Carr getting hurt and then being on the hook for, what was it, $33 million? They're giving themselves every opportunity to possibly trade or, or let him go so that his cap hit next year is only, it's amazing to think that you can sign a deal. It's like $120 million in the offseason. And after year one, they can cut you and you're only $5 million dead money against the cap, right? I mean, it's, it's, fun. it's like that escalated
1: quickly it's yeah. like hey Derek you're gonna, you're not going to start okay you're going to be the backup actually you know what you're going to be inactive actually you know what go home go home yeah you're done. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks. The only organization I've ever played for since my rookie year. I'm going to go uh, home. Uh, all
1: right. Like, yeah. Go home. Go home. home. Go home. Yeah, get, yeah, go. go home. Get out of here. Leave. Go even, right. we, we, we don't want we, you to be here. We don't even want to see your face. So, as you would expect,
0: and as would be very easy to predict, boy, a lot of people out there connecting them dots between that soon-to-be free agent quarterback, the one who's currently based in Tampa Bay, Florida, the one who's got... Had a previous relationship with the head coach with the Las Vegas Raiders, the guy who in some ways was kind of already connected to that organization. We'll play a reminder soundbite for you here in a minute. A lot of people are wondering if Tom Brady's next destination is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders to be their quarterback. A lot of people are wondering that out there.
1: I would never say never because I would have never thought Tom Brady would end up in Tampa Bay. Wearing that uniform after 2019. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't see a connection there. I didn't see a connection to B.A. There were a lot. Remember the Mike Vrabel or the Dolphins or the 49ers? There was all these places where it, se- it made sense for the dots to connect for Brady to go there. hmm And he ended up in Tampa Bay. Yeah. So I would never say the Raiders don't make sense. Um. But Brady's got a. If you're Tom Brady, doesn't doesn't can this team win a Super Bowl? That has to be first on his list. Above above all, coaching connections and Josh McDaniels and my buddies with the owner and can I get a piece of the team someday and anything else that might be a box that he would want checked. Right. You got one more year to play, maybe two, but you got one more year to play for sure. You got to think that that team, like, you're the final piece to win a championship. And that's why I always go back San Francisco to his hometown yeah. of San Francisco. Like, I mean, if they were to win the Super Bowl this year with Garoppolo or Purdy, maybe that becomes a little more difficult to move on from one of those guys. But if they don't, either they lose to the Eagles in the NFC championship game or they lose to whoever in the Super Bowl. Isn't that a marriage made in heaven? Seems like it, doesn't With it? That defense and that running game. Because I don't
0: think Tom Brady in Vegas is winning a Super Bowl. I mean, if
1: that—that's no. really, if that's really the, the the filter
0: here, right? It's, it's, but if
1: you're if you're Brady, it's got to be right. I mean, that I would I, I
0: would think. I mean, yes, I would think because Tom Brady just doesn't strike me as the guy who's gonna keep playing to keep playing. No you know? it, like like I, I think for him especially after this year.
1: Yeah. He's not going through this crap again. No. No. He, he looks he looks miserable.
0: I mean I think there are lots of guys in this league who are going to play to just keep playing? I think there are lots of guys in this league who are going to say, hey, man, if I can squeeze another year's worth of paychecks out of this league, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it till they take the helmet away from me. I think with Brady, it's just a little bit different. I, I, I think for him, it is much more about the my legacy is Super Bowl, my legacy is rings, my legacy is the best ever, and I'm not just going somewhere to, to play out the string. And, and I, I think, I mean, what were we talking about yesterday with the Raiders? The, that was it, Dan Orlovsky who tweeted out how historically bad the Raiders defense has been and how it's not necessarily all Derek Carr's fault, right? Does that drastically change next year if Tom Brady is the quarterback? I mean, I know they've got money to spend in free agency and they can go out with the draft and blah, 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 all that. But are they gonna overhaul a defense that's gonna make that that's gonna make that team a Super Bowl contender while you're sharing a division? Forget a conference. You're sharing a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, and who knows coaching Russell I mean, I think Russell Wilson's probably cooked, but but you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like of all the places for you to go, are you sure that's the place that gives wow. you the best path?
1: Are you sure about that? And he's gonna roll the dice on that in March. I I don't see it. Yeah. But then again, I didn't see Tampa either. Tom Brady does what Tom Brady wants to do. I know this though. When training camp rolls around, 2023, that man will be 46 years old. He is not dragging his 46-year-old ass out onto the field with a bunch of scrubs who might not even make the playoffs. I don't think so
0: either. Did you see that graphic that I emailed you today? Somebody figured out that Tom Brady has officially spent half of his life in the National Football League. Seriously, 8,292 days between being born and being drafted. I did see that. 8,292 days from being drafted to today. Literally half
1: of his human lifespan. It's been spent in the National Football League. And the graphic, That's bonkers, man. And the graphic has a side-by-side picture of the day he was drafted, and today he looks better today. Oh, looks, oh
0: yeah. Well, I mean, he looks
1: like... Like, what the hell's going on there?
0: Well, in the picture on your left, he's eating ice cream, and in the picture on the right, he's eating avocado ice cream, right?
1: Yeah. He's got more hair, too, lately. That's weird. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good job, How's Tommy. That happen? Yeah, hey, you know what? If if, if you've I don't got know. Like again, though, go for it.
1: The, the 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 draw of the Bay Area, growing up a Niners fan, the mom and dad living there. Like they 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 might need a quarterback as the final piece. I mean, doesn't it just? Isn't it the marriage made in heaven for one like for one last. Tom Brady, yeah. stop or yeah. stand.
0: They're just people who, you know, they're connecting the dots. They're looking at Josh McDaniels. They're connecting the dots. They're looking at Devontae Adams. They're even, you know, speculating that maybe this is the team Gronk comes out of retirement for. I mentioned. Oh, Gronk
1: in Vegas. That'll go well. Oh, no, of course. Well, I mean. Where's Gronk? Practice started an hour ago. I
0: got this sound he's bite. Still, he's still at the club. This is from August this past year. Dana White was on a UFC alternate broadcast with Gronk, and they spoke about how Gruden blew up a deal for Brady and Gronk to go to Vegas. Remember all this from the summer? I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And whoa, all whoa. hell broke loose, man. It, it was crazy and 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 Brady was already looking at houses and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las Vegas would have had Brady
1: and Gronk the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, except Gruden blew the deal up. <laughs> Dana White's putting together NFL trades now. <laughs> oh,
0: come on, Dana White. Probably has a real high self, sense of uh, self-importance, probably. I can only imagine. I can I can only imagine what that must be like.
1: Tom Brady walking around Vegas looking at houses. Nobody would notice that.
0: <laughs> Nobody. Not one real estate I mean, I agent know that, I would. know that's
1: not what happened, even if it was true. Yeah. Let's just make fun of it some more.
0: The Arizona Coyotes have played very much up to their competition this year. And that includes a big one they've got tonight at Mullet Arena. What has led to their success our weekly visit with Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong. He joins us next on the Burns and Gambo Show.